Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. I think it forces you to level up. I think mm-hmm. it forces you to change your mindset. Be feasible, it'll take up a bit of your time, but then you multiply that by a larger project or, or a portfolio or 10 units. You, you're no longer in that space. It forces you to focus on raising the finance or mm-hmm. working at that, that bit higher level. Welcome back to the Commercial Property Investor Podcast. And I'm your host, Jerry Alexander. Today, back in the hot seat is my good friend, Stephen Clark. Hello, Stephen. Thank you very much for having me back on, Jerry. Yeah, so what's this? Third time? Third time, yeah. Yeah, so I think I've got to three times on the Scottish Property Podcast. Is that right? I think so, yeah. I felt like I was becoming um, a bit of a regular. But yeah, like the, the whole co-host. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we've been talking quite a lot about scaling, right, over the last few years. You've done a few projects, and I just wanted to have a conversation around some of the things people need to be thinking about when they're looking at either scaling, even within residential or into commercial, some of the thinking behind it because it becomes more about thinking doesn't mm-hmm. it and more about your mindset so maybe just to give it a context before we go into that some of the stuff you've been scaling up to recently maybe we just talk about a couple of those projects yeah sure um scaling is yeah hugely important i think we first spoke about during our days of playing cash flow yeah um, you know for anyone that's not aware of the game you'll you'll pick up the small deals and it'll take you a hell of a lot of deals to get any form of traction whereas the minute you get some form of cash capital a bit of traction pick up the big deals and they can get you really really good cash flow so we always had this conversation years back talking about particularly in my own journey um, and doing a lot of residential developments where it was one or two properties getting added to the portfolio and it just took a bit of time a yep. bit of time you're like jesus when when's the scale coming um, but i think the danger in scaling is i think people almost get that shiny penny object and go I'm starting off in commercial, I'm starting off in residential property, whatever it may be, and then this is not good enough, this is not big enough, this is not making me what I want, and then the change tact. Now, I had that, probably that almost that slight change with talking to you on commercial projects, but then I realised, no, I've been doing residential for a long, long time, just apply a form of scale to it because you never have the experience and yep. knowledge to do so. So I think you're right, I think it was that mindset change, and over the last few years, um, well dipping my toe in commercial I started buying and I say they're commercial deals they are commercial deals but buying residential por- property portfolios um, starting from four units was the first one probably about four or five years ago to the last one a few months ago which was 39 units yep. um, up in Aberdeen and even the, the HMO rather than going for a single four bed flat that has four students went for a 27 unit one in the first on the first go yeah so so scale has made a lot of difference the last few it's years. It's interesting you say that actually because yeah, I think some people look at diversifying. Mm-hmm. So they're maybe doing buy to let to start with, then they do HMO, maybe they then do SA, but that's not scaling, that's diversifying. Yeah. Scaling is when you're taking one of those strategies and going for much more volume. Yeah, I, I took a look at the the CMO model that you were doing, I took a, a, a property under offer and I looked at starting that foundation of a CMO model 
and then scaling. But what I felt like I was just taking myself right out that off that mountain and going to climb another mountain. And, mm-hmm. I'd, and I'd probably take another 10 years to scale up to the point where I'm at right now. Whereas if I just kept applying myself in the same place I was, I could have scaled. And so utilizing your network, your experience, your connections, the people that you've already done business with, say, okay, I'm now looking for a project that scale and, and stretch yeah. that comfort zone to buy something in that space. Um, brought you op- these opportunities very, very quickly because you've already got a foundation in that space. Yeah, and, and you've changed your mindset. Right, we're going to come back to mindset. So um, I guess some of the questions, the fundamentals to just get through is why bother scaling? What, what was it that made you think, right, I need to start doing something a little bit different here? I think particularly in residential space, there's so much... There's so much cost. I mean, I suppose I've been in the commercial space. There's so much cost and overheads like, associated with it. And if you want to have the team and the foundation of the business around you, it needs to be at scale. You know, and I've, I've said this to people for the last few years doing the property workshops that if you want to buy one or two properties, don't. You're wasting your time putting the money in the stocks and shares eyes and make a passive income. But if you want to grow a property business, it has to be done at scale. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got we've got tax implications, compliance. Um, you know, a lot of tenant rights. We've got a lot of overheads and a lot of costs with our it's business. Like every business, yeah. every business, you need and, those fundamentals yeah. in place. And it doesn't, doesn't. And when you when you stack up the numbers, it's particularly now with a higher interest rate, these these property businesses don't stack up unless they're at scale. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was, it was more having that tw- twist of mindset on on skills and necessity now to survive and thrive. Okay. So it wasn't just about for me originally. Mm-hmm. It was how do we get more cash flow, but for you looking at the resi market, particularly at the moment, it's more about survival mm. and, and actually getting to a point where you've got enough critical mass to support all the key functions and, I guess, the compliance that you need to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you could buy, you know, a single residential unit in cash flow of 300 quid a month, which will take you, still take you a fair amount of time by the time you source it and go through the the, the legal, com- the, the conveyancing process, a renovation, refinance, whatever you're going to do with that property. But to buy a portfolio of six units or 10 units will almost take you that same kind of time. Or less if they're coming with setting tenants in place with cash flow from mm-hmm. day one. So it's actually a different, a slightly different model, but that one deal getting you over the line could cash flow you two or three thousand pounds a month. So you're you're you're, yeah. you're you're using the same the same fundamental skills, just adding that extra zero on it. Yeah, so so yeah, the two things are still there. One is getting scale to be able to have a thriving mm-hmm. business, but also to get more cash flow. Mm-hmm. And something you just touched on there, I wanted to expand on a little bit was when you're tackling um, those vanilla products, like a buy to let, or or in my world, you might buy a a, a single let property to do in commercial. And you might do the usual thing. You might do it up, refurb it, get a tenant in, refinance. But actually. What's the difference between working on one small project and transitioning to maybe a much larger project? Or if you're looking at beauty from a cash flow point of view, let's say you need 10 small ones for one big one. Mm. You know, when people look at what do you think in terms of the amount of work? Because some people might think, oh, this is going to be 10 times the work no. to do this project. What's your experience so far? I think it forces you to level up. I think mm-hmm. it forces you to change your mindset. You know, if you if you take on one project, and let's just say, for instance, you managed the, all, all the trades, or you done it, you got yourself involved and on on site managing the individual trades for a one single project, might be feasible. It'll take a bit of your time, but then you multiply that by a larger project or or a portfolio or ten units. 
you, you're no longer in that space. You then have yep. to level up with and get a main contractor in to do the work, which takes you almost out of that part of the business and forces you to focus on raising the finance or mm. you know, or, or, or working at that that bit higher level. Yes, you. I, I'm, I'm giggling to myself because <laughs> neither you or I have done main contractors yet. Project managers has yes. been our stepping stone, right? We, we still haven't sucked it up and spent the money that you need to bring in a main contractor. Yeah, you try to bring in project managers, right? Which has been it's been successful, mm-hmm. you know, because you started doing developments at, at distance. Mm-hmm. So that needs a different uh, mindset as well, doesn't it? You have to let go a little bit. And yeah, bring let go of the reins, let go of the control. Yeah, but yeah, that 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 and. Without that skill in projects, the, the numbers are got are not there to not to allow you to bring in a project manager yep. or bring in a main contractor or bring in more people at your team to help you level that up. So it, so it almost forces you to grow. knowing you can't do this on your own. Yeah, it, I, I think you know with stuff like on the, the HMO building when there's project management and usually in a, a reefer you just clean up the site behind the guys and you just keep an eye on it. But you know there's 27 rooms, uh, a whole you know a huge site cleaning or painting it wasn't one of the ones where you could have got your normal painter that you can pay cash or or whatever it wasn't one of those painters it was a a contractor that would be there and supply guys at at scale and dealing with that you're dealing with a little bit more a professional outfit um which takes a lot of pressure if you're you're used to and i know you are used to um being involved and sometimes just pushing projects over line by picking up the tools and doing that when you have these larger projects, you realise, oh, I can't do all this. There's no point. I just can't. Yeah. I just can't. So I'm yeah. going to have to work out how to do this differently. Yeah. So that leads me on to mindset, right? And we're, we're I'm, I'm keeping an eye on the time here because I want to put this out as a Monday episode uh, being a bit more specific about scaling, right? But one of the key differences we have to make is organisationally, business-wise, people and all that sort of stuff. But I, I want to part that for the moment because this one's more about um, why you would do it what the differences are when you're talking about doing these projects. And then the other piece of it is the change in your mind, which we kind of spoke about a little bit earlier on. Mm. So it's that mindset thing, which is a little bit less tangible. People talk about a lot. What do you think changed for you? Or did you always have the mindset, I'm going to scale? Or did at some point some pennies drop, meet somebody, have a discussion? What what happened there? I don't know, it almost feels like a bit of a growth, like a little stepping stone. If you if you take on one project, one project was a stretch. You know, it's your very yeah. first project. You, you, you don't know what you don't know. You're going into this completely blind. You, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. When you do that and have multiple projects in the go, then you learn a little bit more to step back from other tasks and you know, build the, bring in the right people, kiss a few frogs when it comes to contractors yeah, or, sure. or, or banks, whatever it may be you're designed with. But I think when you go through that process, at some point, those those buildings or those projects or those assets you add into the portfolio just don't seem to tickle your, you know, they don't seem to get you excited anymore. Yeah. You know, if you go out to <coughs> appraise and view a, a commercial opportunity, if it's the same one you've done six, seven times before on multiple times to get each individual property, it just becomes a bit like, nah, it's not really tickling it. Now it needs to be 20,000 square feet. Now it needs to be, just needs to oh, be. That's a confidence thing, right? So your confidence is getting, and because and, with the confidence comes the, I, I guess the thing about well, why am I dealing with this all the time? And yeah. I, I'm not not but bigger than that, but I, I'm I've got the skill set now to deal with these larger ones because I'm getting frustrated with these smaller ones. But, but is it a confidence thing though? Because we we both know people that are in the, in our space that will just stick to doing single units, and they'll take twenty years to sure. buy one at a time, one a year, and and they could have the confidence fifteen years ago to to add that scale, but they sure. didn't. They just yeah. thought, um, I mean, there's definitely there's downsides to scale, mm-hmm. right? 
Um, you talk about the project in Aberdeen. I know you were up and down the road a lot. Mm. As much as you have project management there, there's certain things you've got to go and do, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. And I suppose on the scale side of it, for the downside, you could lose your shirt. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you buy one unit and you make an absolute of it, then, then what's the worst that happens? Like, yeah. You lose a few thousand pounds or not, not a great deal. Whereas if you're at a scale, you're on the hook for big, big lending, um, big, big servicing costs yeah. and debt. You know, bigger, bigger risks on the projects. A lot of stuff that can go wrong on the actual projects. Are you going to get the end finance right at the back end? Is the bank going to support it? So there's there is a whole lot more risk at scale. Yeah. So these, you, we mentioned at the start there, you've got your own podcast you do with Nick and obviously we've got a few episodes out there now and these aren't advice, right? We're just having conversations about these sorts of things but it's interesting that some people who maybe listen to this or maybe new to the industry might have the confidence to go for scale and that's absolutely fine. And of course scale is partly a personal thing about what is scale for you. But I think what's really important from what you're talking through there is that actually it's about giving yourself the time and the space to grow in confidence, mm. to grow in skills, to be able to take on those larger projects. And sometimes you have to have stepping stones in between to be able to get those things in the right place so that you don't lose your shirt because yeah. you've worked your way up to that. Yeah, I believe in these stepping stones. Like I do, I, I, you can almost respect the people who jump on, they do you know, one sure. deal and the next minute they're going for scale straight when you think, wow, they, that guy's got some balls to go from you know, zero up to one and then go to 100 very, very quickly. Yes. But yeah, there's got to be a lot of luck and timing on that as well because you've, you've made mistakes on the, on the stepping stones along the way that are, that, that are amplified at scale. So I always feel that these stepping stones, yes, give you the confidence, but give you the, the knowledge and experience to, to get it right, to, to do it as, or, or as best you can. Okay, so let's just say, we're not giving advice again, but <laughs> if you were, if you had somebody on your workshops, they've maybe got half a dozen, maybe 10 units, they've built up a port, small portfolio over a period of time, and they're saying, right, I, I do want to start buying portfolios, I do want to start scaling. What are some of the mindset things you might say to them? Um, and not that you can tell someone, well, you must do this to your mindset, but just what are some of the, uh, I guess, the tips you would give them based on your experience so far so that it can help them make that step change? It's, it's, it's doing, the, doing the do, it's taking the action and, and viewing these development, viewing these opportunities. Yeah, okay. um, because I think you stretch and you grow as you do it. The first time you look at a, a portfolio and it adds an extra zero or two onto what you've done previously, there's that heart-pumping moment where you're like, oh, shit, this is... You know, and then especially when you look at an opportunity and you stack the numbers up and you think it's this, you almost doubt yourself. This is too good to be true. I've made these numbers work. This can't be right. You know, so it's almost give yourself that confidence to do the due diligence, go through the process. The first time it'll be a stretch of doing it. Go through the negotiations with the with the seller, see if you can get to the price that you want it to work for. But then, if that if that goes ahead, brilliant. If it falls through, the next time you do it, the conf your confidence yes. is already there. You can understand the process. More. You just understand the process. You understand where you tripped up the last time, the, the conversations you had. So it's almost like you know, do it if you've already got that foundation in place. Start, start going bigger, start looking at bigger deals. and yeah, So expose yourself to some of that. Mm. Um, give yourself a bit of um, yeah, patience, mm -hmm. but expose yourself to it. I think one of the things that, I mean, I encourage people a lot with commercial deals is push that negotiation, that deal as far as you can. You don't actually commit yeah. to buying until someone somewhere signed a piece of paper that involves lawyers. And I'm not saying go and take people on a merry round, you know, lots and lots of times, but go down the route, 
learn, push yourself, and like you say, when you come up to that next one that's maybe the right deal, you've had that experience. It I mean, makes a big difference. Absolutely. And let's face it, most of the opportunities we look at at scale, our expectations for price point is so far off from the seller that, that, that we're miles away, we're in a different universe. So going through that process, you looking at your own numbers and going, okay, you know, he's one in two million and I'm offering a million. Like that's a huge discount on from, from someone that's trying to sell. But going through the, the due diligence to understand why you're offering a million yen, explain it to the seller why you're offering, you know, 50% less and having that confidence and, and the confrontation of him challenging you on it, you know, if you, and if you get it, wow, you've done your work. You've well, got that's, that's, that's the thing, right? You, you, tell, you, you talk to somebody about doing that sort of thing and then they get a yes, like, oh my goodness, what do I do now? <laughs> that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely not. It's, 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 it's taking, taking the steps, doing taking the action and going through the motions. Like you say, not not taking people for a ride and wasting people's time because you are serious. You're you're here to, to learn and grow and take action, but you don't need to be jumping into it. If it's yeah. not right and it's not the right fit and it doesn't stack up for you, fine. You don't yeah. you can walk away from it. Be patient. Uh, and the other the other uh, just quickly for a second, the other challenge some people have is they've actually got good access to money, maybe their own, and it's burning a hole in their pocket. That's that's that can be a challenge. Because it means you're not necessarily doing quite as much due diligence and your um, the tick box that you have have changed because you might need to, I need to get this money earning. Yeah. It's, it's, it's devaluing because of inflation. You almost become that motivated buyer. Yes. Not the motivated seller. That's you know, right. You almost just, just want to buy, just want to buy and you could get, yeah. Yeah. So be patient, mm-hmm. but be brave. Look at, look at projects, go out and look at um, some of these larger deals, have those discussions and stretch the envelope, stretch your comfort zone. And, and speak to people that are doing doing that, that that few steps ahead of where you're at, like being in, involved in mastermind groups and stuff is, is, is so valuable because if someone's doing a project that's already at scale and already that much bigger, hearing their stories, their troubles, their tripping points, their woes, that just helps you already deal with it. So when yep. you go to it, you've already experienced it secondhand through someone else. And this is the beauty of, I suppose, the... The network we have now is there, there's a lot of people available that'll, that'll talk to you and give you advice. Yeah. So there's a big piece to do with this, which is to do with organization. So um, I, in my mind, have got that vision of you, Stephen, going out looking at larger portfolios. You've got um, good processes in place so that you really effectively are the manager of, of your business. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it starts getting to the point where, right, I need to start taking on people. I mean, you start processes and all that sort of stuff, and I, I want to come on to that. I think we, I think you and I should maybe record that as a separate discussion. Um, but the piece that we've spoken about now is actually about getting started. Yeah, it's just getting yourself out there, getting yourself exposed to it, um, trying on some different um, projects, as it were, mm-hmm. different outfits to see what we, what you know you like, but also what the potential is. Because mm-hmm. if you don't do that and you're just talking about it. And people get distracted, they go and buy another buy to let, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's it's just about taking some consistent action. So we'll come back to that organizational thing in a later episode. So thanks very much for that. Superb, thank you very much. Mm-hmm.